Hi there. Welcome to Mind Your Mind. My name is Nina van Essen. I am from Holland. I'm an opera singer and I currently live and work in Germany. If you are a professional artist and you like to listen to like-minded creatives, or if you are a artistic student or no artist at all, but interested in what happens behind the scenes of an artistic life, then this is your podcast. I've started this podcast out of personal interest in what keeps an artist's mind focused, fresh, inspired, and what holds them back from that. And maybe even we get to talk about why they feel held back. I, for example, have never really liked speaking in public, so I'm doing something very new here for me. I am super grateful, though, to be on this journey with you guys. The podcast will be in interview form and in English, and mostly recorded on a distance because we're still compromised by the pandemic. I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Today we have a super special guest, Esther von Feynema, superwoman, violinist, psychiatrist, politician, you name it. She has written two books. I read her most recent one, The Upset or The Out of Tune Brain. In this book, she describes stories of the clients that come to her in her music clinic in the Musique Poly. This is a clinic for people who often perform under high levels of stress, mostly musicians. Um, I'm very, very excited. I love the book. Thank you, Esther, for being here. Thank you, Nina. I'm happy and grateful that uh, we can speak about this very important and beautiful topic, in fact. Yes, you do this quite often, actually. And I love that. I love your openness, your honesty. You speak very honestly about your own struggle and your own process and how you came to give stress and anxiety a place and how you do that for your patients. You choose to open your book with a quote from Virginia Woolf. It's harder to murder a phantom than reality. I thought this was very recognizable, very beautiful. As artists, we need that strong inner creative world because that's where we create our story that we are later going to communicate to the audience. And this is very developed because we need it every day. But at the same time, we can sometimes create stories for ourselves as well, as well that are not always serving us. Yeah, that's that's very much uh, so. And uh, especially um, people with creative brains, they they face quite a challenge to to manage that brain and to become best friends with the brain instead of that your brain becomes your enemy and um, well causing yeah. all these kind of symptoms, um, which we will discuss later, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your specific combo of playing the violin, being a psychiatrist, working in the hospital, having your own clinic, keep writing? How is this combination for you and how do they help each other? Um, I started uh, at a young age with playing the violin. And uh, I immediately felt that the violin was my instrument. I mean, it was my voice, in fact. 
and that has always accompanied me uh, until the no, until today. And um, I always was well very much interested in the brain in functioning of the brain um, uh, the the origin of our existence in fact uh, all this kind of philosophical topics um, so after a few years conservatory study of violin I decided to combine the conservatory studies with uh, medicine because I always had this urge to well, to understand more of the human body, the brain, etc. Um, and I was always intrigued by the beauty of, of studying medicine. So uh, I started combining those two. And after I graduated from med school, I was, well, doubting um, which direction I would choose. So I um, worked a year or so uh, at the emergency um, in, in a hospital um, in order to see everything possible that can come around uh, as a doctor. Uh, and I felt after a few months, I felt uh, more um, compelled to, uh, to the psychiatric problems. They were fascinating me and they were always different and very creative in a way. People with psychosis, with depression, etc. Um, so I made up my mind and I decided to study psychiatry. So to become a psychiatrist. Um, meanwhile, I was still playing violin, of course, and giving concerts. So um as I have combined violin also with with my high school period, I I always combined violin with everything. So as well with psychiatry and well, I think there is a lot of beauty uh, in the combination of psychiatry and, and and music because it's both very creative. It's about yeah. patterns. Uh, uh, it's about language. Uh, so uh, it's a beautiful combination. And I'm grateful every day that I can do so. Yeah, I can totally imagine. So you would say that your violin has then kind of always been a part of your identity as well absolutely yeah it's really a part of who i am and uh, i had a period in my life where i due to psychological reasons i could not play the violin for about two years and and it was terrible and i oh wow wow that must have been incredibly upsetting since you clearly described the violin as being a part of your identity I have heard this before, though, of colleagues that have been through a an episode of mental difficulty and even touching the instrument would make them have an immediate negative reaction. Exactly. And it um, in that period, uh, as well for me, it, it was even impossible to open my violin case and to make contact with, with, with the instrument, which is so incredibly important to me so that was really tough and um yeah it also made me realize for my future patients in fact like um when you cannot communicate anymore with the instruments or with your your voice it could be the same problem mm. um i mean it's like a part of you has died or is is, is is partly dead or something i mean it's it's really hard and it's hard to explain to people who are not musician and and do not recognize this um well lack of voice in fact Yes, I understand this topic extremely well since vocalists speak with their voice every day. They cannot turn it off. And this is both something very special that's hard to understand for, yeah, when you're not a musician. And on the other hand, sometimes you just wish you could just have your speaking voice and your singing voice and put the other one in a corner and I guess that kind of counts for every musician. They become so united with their instrument that it, it's hard to put it aside because it's a part of them. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you say first to an artist that feels stuck, uh, maybe especially in COVID times? Yeah, I see many artists who struggle with this topic because um, they cannot perform. Um, and, well, performing is part of being an artist, is part of being uh, being you, your identity. Um, yeah. And I cannot cheer them up because there is no solution. If you cannot perform and you don't feel motivated to practice, there's no solution to cheer people up and say, oh, you can do something else or there are enough other possibilities, etc. Because it's for a musician, for an artist, it is dramatic not to do well the reason why you're on earth. Um, so yeah. mostly I, I try to comfort people and to stand next to them and to acknowledge that they have these complaints um, and that it's, well, it's it's not um, being difficult or uh, what is aanstellen in English? Uh, yeah. Well, play the difficult or something if, if they have this these complaints because they are very serious. In fact, so, well, acknowledging to that um, giving space to these um, these feelings which are so difficult I think that's the only thing I can do yeah and that's why you started the music poly the music clinic yeah yes and do you have all kinds of different artists coming there yeah it's very diverse um, conductors violinists of course a lot uh, singers uh, but also sometimes people who uh, well perform in in sports uh, at a high level. So okay, uh, yeah, or or people who um, well CEOs with a big responsibility and uh, well struggling with stage fright, for example, uh, giving speeches, etc. So people with uh, with great talents um, and well, it's very common with people with big talents that they function within very small. Uh, margins I mean mm -hmm. they function that's interesting yeah. yeah and that's something I really discovered and well also with myself um, you have this talent you perform at a high level etc but it's uh, it's very much conditioned and if there's anything which is disturbing your balance or your uh, well the way that you uh, optimize your functioning then um, you see a lot of, of risk for psychological or psychiatric uh, disorders Yes, and that's again the identity thing, but also that other things in their life might have been less developed. Exactly. So that's really the branch where they sit on and, um, well, their, their reason to live, exactly, actually. And um, there is no, not much alternative. So if you're a manager in, in some kind of supermarket and you have a problem functioning there, uh, they often have a lot of hobbies and a lot of other strategies, in fact, to, to function and to be okay. Yeah. And with these musicians, well, um, that's that's very um, compromised, in fact. And um, perhaps it's not so much uh, investigating in other hobbies or strategies so much uh, practically, but more that you realize, um, well, what are what's the price of of living on this on this edge, in fact? Um, yeah. So I think to be conscious about that uh, is also an important step step to to begin with. I had a showing up in the practice room question since you are a violinist and know all about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you also have described how this 
hasn't always been a natural thing for you but when you are there you always feel somehow home and you don't have to make the biggest effort to do your scales because they give you some kind of peace mm -hmm. and um my question was more we have to push ourselves a little bit to show up consistently because consistency is the only way for growth yeah but we do not always come from this self-loving place sometimes we come from a bit of a pushy place and that can cause some damage on the long term um yeah could you say something about well that? that's uh, you describe it very beautifully and it's an interesting question because um it's, it's always this dance or fight, um, depends how you want to define it. It's the dance yeah. or fight between this discipline, pushing yourself, uh, go beyond your, your limits, in fact, and uh, be nice and kind and, and give yourself the space to, well, to be creative and to not do anything and see what happens. So it's, it's complicated. And especially in our times, um, this is an, a difficult struggle for many young people as well, because they, yeah. they, um, they push themselves often a lot. Uh, they have all the opportunities to be brilliant and to be well successful. Um, and this uh, pressure, I often see uh, not only musicians, but young people in general. I often see that this pressure actually um, blocks development blocks creativity etc because it's it's kind of uh, in their face coming back um, and and inhibiting in fact instead of, of stimulating so i think it's a very complicated subject especially in the times that we live this is also kind of a selfish question because lately i've been having so much time to practice much more than ever in my life in fact which made me observe what happens really when I practice more for me and not for something that I necessarily have to put in front of an audience soon. This process is very, very interesting and really good for an artist to have sometimes, but also there would be some <laughs> judgment going on even before stepping into the practice room, which I think it's much healthier to come from a place of, listen, I already showed up. Yeah. And now I need to just do what I know I can do. And then we'll see what comes out today. Exactly. And I think it's it's also uh, like the, the topic we discussed before. It's important to make it conscious. Like you have this schedule, you have yeah. this scheme. What's your purpose? Okay, I want to perform brilliant on a concert next week. Okay, so what do I need to do for that? So make it very practical. And um, where the problems begin is, is at the moment that uh, you did what you had to do that day, but you start nagging with yourself like, yeah, but I could really practice one more hour. Why, do, why don't I do that? And then um, let's see how to describe that in a very practical way. It's when you not set borders for yourself when it is good enough, uh, it's mm. never good enough. So uh, you're always failing. And that's a kind of cascade which you should try to avoid because that makes people very unhappy. Uh, well, and that's the interesting thing uh, which I try to do in my job as a psychiatrist, especially at the Music Parole. It's to really find out individually, like, what's this motivation that it's not good enough, never, and that when you perform well, you always start... Uh, well, ruminating like, yeah, but I could have this and I could have that. And um, well, that's what we call yeah. neurotic problem, problems, in fact. And um, 
well, that's that's the result of, of course, uh, your um, genetics, uh, your genes, but also in an important uh, mode, it's it's the upbringing. The upbringing of musicians yes. is often complicated in. Um, well, you're evaluated uh, by how you perform and not who you are, etc. And um, well, depending how your biology is, in fact, um, you develop a way of reacting, of looking at yourself and the world around you. And that's that's a complicated puzzle, and it's very interesting to uh, well to to look with people like what's going on and and where is it healthy to push yourself? And of course, you have to push yourself; otherwise, you cannot reach any interesting roles exactly. but uh, what's the function of it and and why do you um judge yourself in the way you do yeah and maybe it's even healthy to 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 see them a little bit separated from, see every part of that separated from yourself in a way that you say okay my most playful vulnerable and uh, disciplined person at the same time is doing all the artwork and my business self and yeah. my my heart thinking pushy self is the one that sends out the invitations and exactly. writes yeah, to that, agents it's very nice that you you say it like that because it's sometimes what i do with patients as well is you have a company uh who's the director who is the artist um so exactly that's, that's a very efficient way to deal with all these parts of yourself fighting with each other and make it a beautiful dance instead and when you separate all that, um, well, it gives more structure and um, you can switch between all these parts. And yeah, you need a pushy director as well because someone has to uh, uh, perform and, and play, pay the bills and, and plan all these studying yep. hours, etc. So, but um, yeah, I think it's a good coping strategy to do it like that. In your book, you also describe some very specific processes within the body when you experience stage fright or a rise of cortisol. The adrenaline makes your blood go to your muscles, your digestion stops, your body produces glucose to give you more energy, you breathe faster, you experience a, so to say, hyper-focus, something very recognizable as musicians, I would say. Can you say a little bit about the good and the bad of this hyper-focus? Um, you need it, in fact, to perform and to achieve something beautiful on stage. Because if you're in the um, mode which is uh, similar when you sit on the couch watching a movie, I think you are not able to, well, to um, transfer something interesting to the to the audience, to the public. Uh, you need some yeah. some extra, and that's the adrenaline and the cortisol. And in fact, um, it's the uh, reaction of the system of the body um to danger to tigers to whatever threat yeah um and it's it's logic that while you're uh, in danger that you're hyper focused and you're very alert etc in order to deal with that danger um, but there is an optimum and um Often people with, with performance anxiety or stage fright, they are beyond that optimum. So they, they experience the shaking and they, they really experience the fight and the flight and the freeze kind of mode, which, um, yeah. which well, the system um, enters when it becomes too dangerous. And that's something yeah. you should try to avoid. And that's an analysis I often make with the musicians that I see in my practice. Uh, like what, what makes it so extremely dangerous for you? What's, what's your biggest fear then in fact 
And then sometimes you bump onto something you totally didn't Absolutely. expect, like where they get maybe one time nauseous on stage and it stays forever. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's it's traumatic, a traumatic event. Uh, and then <clears throat> you have to look how to dissolve the trauma instead to, well, to be able to enjoy performing on stage in the right mode with enough adrenaline and not too much, etc., etc. Yeah, and this can be a lifetime practice, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Has the, ha, have you experienced a high level of stress in your violin where you felt that it became an enemy? Um, yeah, there, <clears throat> that's also a part in my book that I described that um, when I was studying at the conservatory, there was a lot of stress in general in my life. Um, and then yeah. I had a period of really uh, suffering from performance anxiety. So I know what it is. And I'm, in fact, happy that I experienced it because then I also can relate to the patients and what they what suffer from. Um, and, well, it looking backwards, it, it was very logic because I have a family tendency for psychiatric disorders like anxiety and depression. So that's a vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, genetically and then in combination with a lot of stress or too much stress well then you are at risk for an episode of this kind of of um, psychiatric complaints um, and well yeah. that happened to me as well mm-hmm. uh, I guess that it would be very reassuring for someone coming to you to know that this can happen to sure. anyone and that sure. it's a part of genetics as well absolutely and it's, and it's like well it's i always consider it as a mental blessure uh, and you can have a blessure um, in your arm or in your voice or in your, your vocal cords etc but but also mentally why not yeah yeah i found this very beautiful thing you said as well which was they people who come to me often have two big problems the actual psychological one and the stigma that's around it yeah. as well yeah and that's kind of also a bit why i wanted to do this because i can imagine how coming to you they are often already in a stage where it's kind of late um yeah and I, it's so sad because i see all this suffering and um I think like, oh, you have you have these two problems. Eh? You have this, this terrible depression or anxiety or etc. And you have all these shameful feelings and this loneliness because you don't dare to talk about it to people and um, you're isolated with your problems. And I think to consider it, like I just said, like a mental blessure, which could be your arm, which could your, be your brain, whatever. It makes it more normal. And also, I think there's a, a big need, and that's why I'm happy that you make this podcast or um, that we discuss it at least. It's very important that people have knowledge, like what's a depression? What are the symptoms of a panic attack? No, you're not getting crazy or you're not going to die, but just learn all these symptoms like we do with cancer, like we do with all kinds of other medical yes. problems. Yes. Um, and I think that could help to normalize it and to really fight the taboo on this kind of uh, disorders. Yes, absolutely. I think it's very important for people to know those serious symptoms because as artists, which I find both very beautiful and also sometimes confusing, we are very easily self-critical and self-analytical. You will take that with you for the rest of your life because you will always find that look in the mirror because you kind of have to. But it's good to separate that 
process and on the other hand no real symptoms for real problems and it not becoming this thing like you said in your time in the conservatory oh you don't want to go to yeah. a person who talks to people about yeah. mental health because then you're depressed yeah and i was also afraid that they would steal my talent or something because they could look into my head and steal my talent i, I mean completely <laughs> nonsense of course but well this this kind of taboo and lack of knowledge um it's it's a pity because it causes a lot of problems actually you function less well you can uh, perform less well uh, and i think in order to to optimize your performance it's good to have knowledge about your brain how you function how you function especially under stress what are the pitfalls especially for you very individually pitfalls so well to do some mind mapping in that or in that way could be very helpful to become the better version of yourself yeah I absolutely agree absolutely mind mapping is a is a, is a good yeah one. <laughs> and it's not so much that because people are very afraid to uh, get the stigma that they are crazy uh, I don't know what's crazy because <clears throat> we always um, diagnose a depression or a panic disorder etc and we never diagnose crazy um, but that's a big fear for many people and um, mind mapping is something very quiet and interesting to do and to see like okay what's it's not a black box up there my brain it's 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 an organ and it has certain functions and well they function um, well under that circumstances and conditions and they are a bit more difficult um, to function it's more difficult to function in certain other uh, circumstances and I recognize them and I know what to do so then you get more control and um, that's very helpful I have another interesting question, which was a tip from a friend of mine. A thing that a lot of artists find difficult is to stay in their creative process, in their vulnerability, in their yeah closest to themselves, and at the same time set harsh boundaries. Can you say something about that? Um, that's a difficult question because... I think it's more a problem in society in general. Like, how do we treat our musicians? How do we, well, in fact, <clears throat> abuse them and um, let them sing for or play for, for too little money? Uh, because, um, well, earning money has become a very important goal in our society. And um, I'm sometimes worried about the emancipation of musicians and in that subject. And mm. I think it's, it's a good idea as I... Uh, uh, observe that conservatories pay more attention to this business kind uh, business part of of being a musician i think that's good uh, but i think it's also contrary to being a musician because a musician is not a business person is not uh eager with money etc in general they are not so um i think it's it's a complicated topic um, and I think we consider musicians and art in general as something, well, we shouldn't take too serious and it's, it's like a hobby. So why do you even want to get money for it? You can play uh, because you like to play this kind of misunderstandings. And um, I think when you ask me this question really with a knife on my throat, I would suggest that it's better to be more... Um, um, well to be more eager on this part than to be not too eager on this part because I think the risk of being abused and have a terrible life uh, economically as a musician that that risk is too high and I, I really want to avoid that for people uh, 
who are just doing what they want to do in life, being a musician. I think society should be more protecting for their artists. And um, I think that's very important. And that's that's something for the politics and, and well, people who are in charge of that. And um, you cannot all hand it over to the artists themselves. I, I don't believe it. Mm. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, it's, yeah, it's very a delicate much. balance yeah. that we need to find and some people are naturally better at the one than the other and we just need to need to go for the things that we find scary absolutely and um well i think society should realize that that artists are very important and that a society without artists without music that i mean that's not a society i want to live in so if you are open to share this I would like to ask you, since it's the name of my podcast, what would be the thing that you have to mind your mind from doing? Um, I think something I have to mind my mind every day is to um, define when it's okay, when I've done enough, when I can be satisfied. and this little devil of it's never good enough and I can only exist as a person and people can only accept me when I perform and, and um, well, more and it's never enough because that that kind of um, thing is, is very important to me. Yeah, it's an interesting battle and, um, well, I think I need a lifelong learning to really achieve that. And it's an interesting w- road to go. Yeah, that's beautifully said. So you feel in the in the music poly, in the music clinic, you still learn a lot from oh, people who come to day. you. Yeah, and I see nice. it as a big honor that people trust me and they share all their most intimate uh, feelings and thoughts. And well, it's it's incredibly uh, precious to be part of that. I think we have to wrap up today. Is there anything more you'd like to share with us as musicians? We have this this creative but also neurotic brain, in fact, and we can make our life so so terribly hard. <laughs> while reality itself, it's most of the time, it's quite okay. And to see that and to embrace yeah. that, I think that well, that's working a bit further on the Virginia Woolf uh, quote. I think that I really think is important to do, and I well, I hope everyone tries that every day uh, better than the day before. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to end today with. Okay. Thank you so much, Esther, for showing up here and giving us knowledge and kindness. Thank you, Nina, for the beautiful questions. And I think it's very important for musicians to, well, discuss these topics uh, with each other or with other people. And, um, well, that uh, we fight a taboo and we try to discuss all these uh, things which are so impactful on our well-being, in fact. Absolutely. Thank you all very much for listening. Next time I will be interviewing Erik Bosman, a costume designer. I, for one, am super excited about that. I hope you will be listening. Please stay healthy, creative, and artistic. Thank you.